Hello and welcome to Hungry for Knowledge, where we talk about environmental sustainability and how to create that in an individual level and in a systematic level. Today we're going to talk about literally being hungry and how food insecurity leads to significant hunger in the United States. This topic is interesting to me because typically when we think about um, world hunger or food insecurity, we think about other countries and it's very rare that we think about the U.S. Um, but for me, this is important because in the U.S., according to the National Department of Agriculture, we have 23 million people experiencing food insecurity. Food insecurity in these terms means having low access to affordable and high quality food. By high quality food, I mean food that is healthy, food that is nutritious, and food that maintains a healthy diet that keeps you full. But we as a country have, okay, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to sugarcoat it, but unsurprisingly enough, food insecurity is a form of systematic racism and classism that occurs in the United States. This systematic racism and classism is so deeply embedded that this topic wasn't even a discussion until 2009. So the term food deserts was coined by this Scottish nutritionist and it basically refers to neighborhoods or communities that have insufficient access to low cost and healthy food. Uh, more specifically, insufficient access is defined as being one mile away from a supermarket or a grocery store that serves food that is um, healthy and affordable. So food deserts create an environment where people don't have access to consistent or healthy food. The Department of Agriculture would define it as an insecurity. I would define it as an insecurity. Not having access to food that is affordable is, is something that is obviously typical in the United States as 23 million people are experiencing it. But what is significant to me is that the people experiencing it tend to be low-income Americans and Americans that are black and Latino and Native American. So after, after reviewing some studies, um, mo there was a mapping of food deserts in 2009 that was done. So Fairly New, this was the first real research where it was allocated funds to, to figure out where food deserts exist and how to approach them. They found that most food deserts are located in low-income black neighborhoods in urban areas. Um, there's also food deserts in rural areas because everything else is further apart. And if we're being um, politically correct, food deserts are one mile away. Where there are food deserts, like let's say uh, the south side Chicago in areas that are predominantly black or Latino, there tend to be more convenience stores. And when there are more convenience stores, there are more low-cost, affordable junk food. Simple as that, junk food. You can find chips for $1.50, but to get to a supermarket, it takes, what, a, a few minutes to get there? A couple minutes, maybe like half an hour to get there if it's more than a mile away. The difference 
between rural and urban areas experiencing food insecurities is their form of transportation. People living in rural areas typically have access to a car because that is their main mode of transportation. Whereas people living in urban areas don't typically have a car if you can take public transportation everywhere. So to plan a trip to the grocery store that is more than a mile away, you have to plan ahead for taking the bus, taking the train, taking your bags or wherever you're gonna store the food, the groceries that you do, which means that you can only carry a limited amount, limited amount of food per trip. That typically makes it easier for people living in low-income urban areas to shop at their convenience stores or local gas stations. And that, that means you're going to shop for food that is unhealthy. So I found something that was very interesting. Um, this one researcher, Michael Vec, oh, I can't pronounce his last name, Ploegger, he found that People that make $8,000 or less, significantly below the poverty line, pay more for the same amount of groceries. But the reason that I assume is food deserts. People that are making $8,000 or less don't typically have the means to own a car, don't typically have the means to buy groceries um, once a week. So you have to go to the convenience store down the block these convenience stores tend to have the same foods that you would find in a supermarket for a higher price because it's more difficult to have access to those foods. So imagine if you've ever been to a convenience store or a gas station, a banana costs about a dollar each banana. But if you go to a supermarket, you can buy a pound of bananas for 99 cents. So, so that's where the term food mirage comes from. Mirage is an optical illusion caused by atmospheric conditions. That is the definition. So when we say food mirage, we mean an illusion that food is accessible and affordable and close is actually an illusion because it's not accessible. It's expensive. It's unrealistic to pay more for groceries for a banana than, you, than it would be to just buy chips that would get you full faster than a banana would. What can we do about these systematic racist and classist phenomenons that we have in the United States? I'm going to come back to the farmers markets. If you've heard of my other um, podcast, my other episodes, you know that I am a huge advocate for farmers markets and shopping locally. I truly, truly, truly believe that farmers markets and shopping um, for your goods produce locally is going to help change the food insecurities and the economic issues that we have in the US. So farmers markets um, is defined as locations where two or more farmers produce and sell their own products. You can go to farmers markets and meet the farmers that are selling their own products from their own farms right there in front of you in one location. Um, so, I guess that there has been a growth in farmers markets in low-income um, areas, and that's according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. I'm not sure how true that is. I haven't really noticed much um, farmers markets in low-income areas 
in Chicago, I have noticed them in gentrifying areas. These farmers markets have been proven to be a promising strategy for addressing food deserts. Farms selling directly to their consumers have witnessed substantial growth in, the, in their business and in serving the local population. Local farmers markets now also are able to provide produce for lesser cost and they accept the SNAP card, the link cards, um, things like that. And that's something that is, that is being enforced by the Department of Agriculture. I find farmers markets shopping locally to be one of the most effective ways to end food deserts, to fight against the suppression of food insecurities in the U.S. I believe that that can truly minimize the number of Americans experiencing food insecurity. We don't have to have 23 million Americans experiencing food insecurities. Some things that you can do personally is if you don't have farmers markets in your neighborhoods, reach out to the alderman, to the mayor, to whoever is in charge of running your neighborhood and advocate for it. Request it. And if you need help with that, I mean, you can just shoot me an email and I can find who your alderman is. I can draft your entire, your entire email and you can send it to them and you can have your friends send it to them. I'm sure that local farmers would love to have their produce sold. They would love to make a profit just as much as you would like to eat. So that is today's episode of Hungry for Knowledge. Um, today was a little more, a little more bleak, a little more serious, a little more cutthroat, um, and that's okay. So that was today's episode of hungry for knowledge where we literally talk about hunger um there's multiple times that i will talk about this again but if you have any questions um if you want to shoot any ideas or you know any facts that i don't know please reach out to me you can um access me at my email you'll find it at alexiaherrera.org a-l-e-x-i-a-h-e-r-r-e-r-a.org thank you for listening we'll see you next week